faithfully stood there all that time. Well done. Wow. Okay. This is possible. <laughs> that was pretty overwhelming that this is possible. And I am thankful to God that I have this opportunity. It's a privilege today. And to be honest, I really wish you could preach without words because what I would like to say is, is in here and it's in here. It's, I can see it and I can feel it, but I pray today that I can also express it in my words to you today. So we're going to skip a couple of pages. <laughs> and we've been talking about Mighty Mary, our series, about the song that Mary gave when she found out that the Lord was within her, that she was going to be pregnant with this promised child. Luke records her response. And you know what? I'm actually going to have to just leave all of those. <laughs> this is good. When Mary heard from God, heard from the angel Gabriel that she was going to have a child within her, she understood through all of the teaching, all of the things that she had learned as a child, she understood that she was being blessed with a promised child that had been planned from the beginning. Many others had been told that they were going to have babies. We've got the stories in the, in the Word of God. And their responses varied from laughing to, oh my goodness, I don't believe it, to crying because they were so desperate for a child in Hannah's case and she sang out in a prophetic praise. And Elizabeth and Zachariah, Zachariah ended up having to be silent, which was probably good for all his workmates because we all know that fathers-to-be had usually only one topic at work and that is about the baby that's coming. So that happens. But in Mary's case, the situation was very different. She hadn't been longing for a baby. She had been longing for a God that she knew had a plan for the future of the whole of humanity. Mary was just an ordinary, young, betrothed girl, faithfully loving and serving God, desiring that he would fulfil his promise for his people. And now she was going to get to play a small part in that plan. Elizabeth described her in Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And there is no moisture in my mouth. <laughs> so we shall put some in there. We have heard in the past weeks about her relationship with God and her song is an evidence that she understood and believed the plan of God. The future deliverer for all of humanity was now inside of her and her response was to praise. Verse 54 and verse 55 are described, uh, tell her, her the last part of her song he has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. See, God the Father conceived a plan that came with a promise. His plan for humanity came right in the beginning. 
It's not an afterthought. His plan was to have children that would be in an intimate relationship with him. And this is the bit that I'm finding hard to explain, but I can see it. The plan was like, it's like a great symphony. It's all that we read in the Word of God, all of the stories, everything he said, everything he did, every communication, every activity. It was like a great symphony, a plan that was in motion. And it came down to this point. So now I'm going to go. This is the point where that great symphony had been going on. And Mary recognised that she was that at that point. The thing about God is that he's not in time like we are, where this seemed like a long period of time between creation, where God thought about us and wanted us and loved and couldn't wait to have a relationship with us. In time, for us, that was thousands of years. But in God... This is, this is the bit that you have to see, okay? So we've got, here we go. This is the plan and here's the point. So it's a bit like an hourglass, okay? And then from there on, there's more plan, which we're now in, and it goes this way. Okay. But if you can picture that in your mind and 3D it, okay, so we've got this happening. Turn it around. And look at it from the end. And God is in the middle all the way through. So picture the hourglass. See, God is not in time. So when he made us, he thought of us, he wanted us, he had a plan, he had a promise. He was in, he's not in time. So he can see that happening all the way through Mary, birth of Jesus, Jesus, Desert Life Church. You sitting here, it's all in there, okay? Skipping another three or four pages. <laughs> he spoke to Abraham and he said about his first covenant, but the bit that gets focused on is, you know, go to the promised land, descendants and all of that. But woven in all of that was, you will be my people and I will be your God. That's the bit. That's the promise. I will be your God. And he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait. And I can sort of see him, forgive me for saying this, like an expectant father, a pregnant father. He couldn't wait. I mean, a woman who's pregnant is thinking about the birth and the gender reveal and the nursery and all of that sort of thing. But Dad... He's thinking about, can't wait till this child's here so I can play with them, throw them around, kick a football, go to the beach, tell a story. It's all about the relationship. I know that's so generalised, but I, that's my experience. And, the, you know, when a woman is pregnant, the father's done everything he's going to do as far as that child coming. Yes? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> We've got that picture. We'll just push that over there. Okay, so when I was pregnant for the first time, there was a Father's Day special. And for half a, 
half-price haircut. So Jim promptly romps up there and says, I'm having a haircut. The whole, we're in a little country town, they all know I've got no children. But I was pregnant, he knew that. They didn't know that. So he rocked up to get his, press, his haircut. Of course the news spread, Jim's gone for a Father's Day haircut. <laughs> There's a baby on the way. <laughs> But you see, the father isn't worried about the small little bit in the event, the small part of the event. It's not small, but he's... <laughs> trust me, it's not small. <laughs> he's not concentrating on that event. He's concentrating on that child that he's going to have a relationship with. Yeah. And when we're looking... Uh, you know, the, the Word of God in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11... It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. But God, looking down through the hourglass, God has been in it all the way, start to finish. And his plan, with his promise, is that they will be my people and I will be their God. Now, there was 400 years silence between the last time God spoke and Mary hearing about the fact that she has this promised child. And, you know, I think that Mary heard in that silence the heartbeat of God. And she heard that symphony, which is why she sang. That was her response she knew that she had the child within her that had the heartbeat of God. After Mary's song, the symphony starts to get a bit louder again. Here we go. It's all happening. It wasn't an end point. Christmas is not just about a baby born in a manger. It's about the heartbeat of the father and his promise he would come and be with his children. That's all he's ever wanted is to be with us. That's all he wants from you is for you to be with him. That was his plan and it came with this beautiful promise of a child that made it happen, that made the way. Jesus knew and lived by his father's plan. He was overjoyed to live and die for the promise of the father to be fulfilled. In John 17... He's just having a little chat with his dad. And in verse 22, he says, I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. This was the plan they'd hatched. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That's a bit mind-blowing, that he loves us as much as he loves his son. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with where I am, to be with me where I am, then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. The promise was more than the birth of a baby. It was a plan to save a lost world to bring the children back to the Father, to share the love that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit harmoniously enjoy, to allow us to fully share in that same relationship. 
So God is always orchestrating the events of heaven and earth to accomplish plans in our lives as well. The thing about God's plans and promises is that they are both universal and individual. So the music goes on. And I had a note here. Just like the songs in my head from the musical, I have Disney songs going on in my head, for which I am thankful to Emma and Peter. (laughs) Jesus lived, died and was gloriously resurrected and everything was finished to fulfil this incredible promise of God. Now we can be his people in a way that no one could before Jesus came. All the people on this side looked longingly at what, where we are now on this side. Sins forgiven, grace and righteousness given in abundance. And just like Jesus, we now have the Father's heartbeat and DNA in our lives with us all the time. Galatians 4 verses 4 to 7 says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Everyone on that side was a slave to the law. Everyone on this side is living in grace. This is us. There is so much envy going on over here. We're over here. How can we so take lightly how much God wants from us, how much God wants to live with us, how much God wants an intimate relationship with us? They're so jealous. We're over here. (laughs) Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger And in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promised. He was on this side. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. So we're living in it. So how do we take advantage of that? How should we then live? The plan was conceived by God, orchestrated in every way, not just universally, but in your life as well. He has orchestrated everything that's gone on in my life that I am here right now and I have that intimate relationship with him. So the plan has always come with a promise, God with us. He gave us, our Holy, gave us the Holy Spirit when Jesus left, God with us. 
And Jesus' birth shows us that God can be trusted to fulfill all his promises because it's coming like came like this, it's going like that. There's more promises to come. If we are now God's children with his spirit living in us, then we are now the ones demonstrating God's heartbeat and DNA to the world. Knowing that the whole of humanity that lived before Jesus' birth longed to live the life that we now live, we need to live in the fullness of his promise. It's not just about, as we've heard earlier today, it's not just about a ticket to heaven. It's about living in a relationship with him now so that the world can see, like Jesus said, that they can see through that unity between us and God and each other, that they can see God in action. This is the privilege that we have. In Romans 5 it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. That's a benefit because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We are so privileged. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That was verse 8. I jumped, sorry. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. There was a pretty big party when Jesus was born. But I can assure you that that party has continued. It's a huge celebration. We're in it. We're in it. Let's live it, live like we're in that joyous celebration. This is a grace party. It is a promise party. It is a salvation party. We are in it. We have it all. Let's live like we are enjoying and have the benefits and the full benefits of everything that God has done. Grace is what we live in now. Grace that brings forgiveness of sin. Grace that allows us to live in an intimate relationship with our Father. We can draw so near. How can we keep him at a distance? He's done everything so that we could come near. Let's make the most of it. Grace to serve and be and do everything he purposes for us to do. Grace to be all things to all men so that we by all means can win some. Grace to live with an eternal perspective. There's a lot going on, but we have a God who has a plan. And with that plan came a promise. And he is faithful. He is in control. If he's orchestrated all this bit, he's orchestrating all that bit. Emmanuel, God with us. So let's not be so looking backwards at the gift of Christmas that we miss the giver of the gift, the Father of promise. Luke 1 verse 45 again, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord will do what he says. That's what they said. Elizabeth said of Mary. I want him to say that of me. 
Mary was an instrument of God through which he accomplished his promise and purpose. That very specific bit. We now have the same plans and purposes going on that God is orchestrating for you and for me. And he gives the same promise. I will be with you. We have the same opportunities. You know, when Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, and every one of us has sinned, and through that we lost friendship with God. But God has made a way through the birth of his son who came and lived and died on the cross to restore that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Restored through Jesus' death and resurrection and he cleared the way. This is God's promise to you. You can draw near to him and he promises that he will draw near to you. So let's not leave the gift of Christmas under the tree or boxed down. Let's pick it up, open it and receive him today. Today is the day of promise for you. Today is the day of promise for you. God always had a plan. It came with a promise. That promise is that he would be his, that we would be his children and he would be our God. That relationship is freely and abundantly available for you right now. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your faithfulness that whatever you say you're going to do, Lord, you fulfill. You planned all along that you wanted a relationship with us. And in all those thousands of years of activity, it came down to this point where you fulfilled that promise in your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. Thank you, Jesus, that we can now live abundant life in relationship with our Heavenly Father who loves us as much as he loves you. Father, I just pray for everyone here right now that they would go at this Christmas season knowing how much you love them, how much you've always wanted to be with them and that their opportunity is here right now. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.